I'm Pepijn van Erp, and you are listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience. You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 125. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelan Levin and Pontus Spukman. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, that was very moderate of you to, to say so. I'm not my usual happy self. I think Pontus is on drugs. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at least I have a good reason. So, so I, uh, I, had, I had another accident. So this is an, in the series of Pontus having accidents. I uh, broke my uh, arm just up at the, the, the shoulder. Oh. So it's still painful. But there's drugs, so why complain? <laughs> I mean, what the oh yeah, what the f? Might as well enjoy it. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> well. Kids don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. If you fall over, you get them for free. No, that's not the right. <laughs> so is that your clavicle then that, that has been fractured? No, no. It's the, it's the upper uh, uh, upper west side bone on the arm on the arm. So it's just yeah, yeah. Okay. just below the shoulder. Oh god. Still painful, yeah. Anyway, this is episode what is it? One hundred and twenty five? We don't know, Pontus. It's okay. not just you. Don't worry. Well, um this is an episode where we're gonna interview someone again. So um this interview will run shortly. Shall we actually crack on with that? Here we go. Alright, let's listen to it. On every other episode, we usually interview someone who's interesting from a skeptical point of view, either by representing an organization of a certain European country or a project stretching across borders. Today, our guest is Dutch mathematician and skeptical activist Pepijn van Erp. He's a board member and web manager of one of the Dutch skeptical organizations, Stichting Skepsis. And he gives talks and writes blog posts about issues ranging from conspiracy theories and fake news to facilitated communication and all the bad science out there. Pepin, welcome to the show. Yeah, nice. It's so happy that you're having me. Yeah. And I'm, uh, Great to have you on. I'm uh, looking forward to this conversation, yeah. Okay, I'm pretty sure I did not get your name and uh, the organization's name well. Could you please start with that? Uh, yeah, no, you did a, bit, a good job. But my, my name, if, if properly pronounced, is uh, Pepijn van Erp. And uh, the foundation this is Stichting Skepsis, mm. which is just Dutch for uh, the Skepsis uh, Foundation. So, so um, first of all, you're not the first uh, person to be interviewed on this show from the organization. But uh, you are apparently equally busy because you're on the editorial board of um, at least two skeptical blogs one of them is skepsis related one of them is your personal blog and then you cut you you give talks and all the stuff so you cover issues on on both your blogs and in your talks of a very wide range of topics so how do you decide on what to deal with Ah, yeah. Well, this, the, the, the main blog I, I write on, which is uh, is the Klopt het wel uh, blog, and in, in, it's in Dutch. And um, we are we have a um, editorial board, you can say, for about four persons. So we are at the moment three of us are members of the board of uh, Skepsis. But this is not this is not officially a blog of of the the foundation. But um, we set up. Writing approximately three or four blogs 
uh, post every week, but we don't manage that uh, in the last year, since the last year, I think. So I'm, I'm, I'm the most, uh, I write the most of these, these posts. And, and well, I, I'm just looking around for, for, for some uh, news, some, um, some actualities, uh, which, which I can uh, write about. Um, sometimes I pick up stuff from Twitter or from uh, other skeptical blogs. Yeah, well, sometimes it, it, you have to really search for, for a subject, but now and then it just yeah, it just pops up from somewhere or somebody tips us and uh, says, well, could you write up? Uh, could you write something about this? So it's just from different sources that that uh, subjects uh, pop up. Yeah. So so if we start from the beginning, how how did you become involved with skepticism and what what attracted you to this subject? Well, yeah. Well, I, I, as a kid, I think I was interested in all these uh, these classical uh, uh, skeptic subjects, like like uh, all the ancient history and the pyramids in Egypt being uh, somewhat the same as it is. Van Däniken. Yeah, Van Däniken. I think I, I already, as, as a twelve-year-old kid, I think that was too uh, too much, uh, too fantastical. <laughs> you were smarter than me, then. I, I was I was interested, and I read all these stuff about UFOs and. Um, but I don't know after, but, but when I was around that age, I, I read everything I could lay my hands on. So I became a subscriber of the, the, the Skepter magazine, which is from our foundation, I think in around at the end of my studies. Uh, so I think it's about 1997 or somewhere around that. But I was not, not really, I was not uh, active in the skeptic um, movement or whatever. And that just came in, I think, 2011. And then I, I started to write for the Dutch blog, Klopt het wel. And I wrote a couple of uh, stories and um, I, I began, uh, I joined the editorial board. and. And a couple of months later, I was invited to to uh, visit a board meeting of uh, Stichting Skepsis, and I, I really enjoyed it. And then I came involved even more. So it just went on uh, gradually. And I think since well 2013, I, I'm, I'm also writing for the for the magazine, which is, you know, is coming out four times a year. So it's, then it became a bit more, uh, more than just a hobby. It just, um, so I became more active and I also uh, went on to give some uh, presentations and I uh, was involved in discussions with uh, other people. And yeah, just and now from Stichting Skepsis, I think I'm probably the, one of them. Yeah, with one other uh, person, I think Jan Willem Nienhuis, our secretary, I think I'm the most active uh, skeptic uh, mm-hmm. In, uh, in our team. So you also have your personal blog that you write in English. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but you can say that. <laughs> what do you cover on your personal blog? Well, okay, my, my personal blog, I, I, was, I, was, I had the idea to, to start a, a blog, um, I, I think around 2010, 11, but I didn't know exactly what to write about it because I, I just thought it was good to have, a, to have a personal website. But then I wrote a story on, on the, uh, on the in Dutch on the Club at Well blog, I think it, it was a story about um, some uh, uh, article of Oliver Sacks, the, uh, the famous uh, neurologist in the, in the United States. And I wrote an article about one of his story, and someone from Japan contacted me via email. He had found my, uh, my work email, and I was asking questions about this uh, Dutch uh, article. And uh, he, he managed to translate it with Google Translate somewhat. And then I thought, well, maybe this is a, this is a nice uh, story to translate. And I said, well, that, that's a good start for my blog. And then I uh, started off with uh, yeah, giving rough translations of my stories in Dutch, which I thought had not uh, subjects which had not been covered in the, in the, in English you know, on the other sites. And uh, which, in my view, might interest other people. So that's uh, when my uh, personal website uh, started. So it started out with uh, stories which I wrote in in Dutch first and then translated it and uh, put it on my website. So they all kind of also skeptic-related kind of articles and posts, but in English. Yeah, yeah, well, it it just uh, worked out this way. I thought I would also write maybe about my other hobbies, like, like, like chess or... Or whatever, but it's that's only occasionally. Yeah. So, 
So it's more. It, it turned out to be just about uh, a skeptical uh, subject. Yeah, but but your profession is a mathematician, so so that, yeah, that, that, uh, of course that relates a little bit to chess, I believe. But how does it relate to skeptical topics? Uh, no, no, it's just just it's my personal blog, so I just mix up the things. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting to me, but uh, I'm, I'm uh, educated as a mathematician. But at, at the moment, I'm, I'm not working as a as a mathematician. Huh. But um, uh, actually, at the moment, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the man about the house here, so my, my wife is making all the money and um, since a couple of years. So, so, so my, my, my blog, it's occasionally, okay, well, when this thing started uh, to, to attracting more visitors, I, I thought, well, the most visitors who come on my blog expect a skeptical uh, posts at this moment. So I, I didn't bother to, to write about other subjects. And I also don't write about other subjects on uh, um, on other um, websites, just just maybe on the the website of my my chess club. And well, sometimes there is a is, is a is a post which might be useful on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> on the about section of your personal blog, you write about a couple of years that you spent in Tanzania in uh, in Africa. So, how did you find that experience uh, with regard to the the, the prevalence? of pseudoscience and superstition in that society compared to Dutch society? Well, we stayed there in Tanzania because my, most of the work of my wife, she, she was uh, trained as a tropical doctor in the first. And so we, we stayed there in the, on the countryside, the Porini, they call it there. And uh, so, so we had a real uh, direct contact with the, with the local community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's 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 a bit difficult because you're you're the uh, the white doctors uh, and so you are a bit higher in status. So it's it's difficult to get to have conversations on on, on subjects like belief and and on a more uh, in more detail. That's that's that's, that's uh, hard. But I had some some conversations with, of course, with the, we are the gardener. They also had all kinds of uh, uh, beliefs about nature and uh, uh, weird things. But they also devote Catholics and they are devote Muslims. So, but they're they are more uh, flexible. They just mix up things and uh, yeah. But but there were some really interesting stories going around in the, in the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> like like monsters, monsters in, in in a crater lake in, in the neighborhood where I would go with 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 people visiting me, but. Uh, the, the driver who would bring us to, who would uh, walk us uh, to the lake, he would ne never dare to go down to the lake because he was, well, maybe there is some truth in the, the rumors <laughs> about a, a snake, a big snake being in the on the bottom of the lake. Did you find any? No, uh, no, 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 no. Ah, <laughs> of course not. Yeah, but it, it's it's really hard to find out if if you talk to them. Well, do they really believe it, or are they just they better be safe? And that's yeah. yeah. Mm. There might be some truth in it, but they. Don't want to test it out. Why so, take the risk? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially if you, yeah, there is uh, some real immediate danger out there. If you if you go out and and try to discover for for yourself, yeah, then, yeah, but, it's it's probably better safe than sorry. Yeah, yeah. but it's also what you have a lot of uh, because also the work of my wife in the hospital, which you encountered, is that there are local witch doctors, which which are sometimes bone setters, which are quite capable in in, in setting uh, fractures and all sorts. Of but you also see a lot of uh, trouble of uh, this the traditional medicine. Yeah, but it's, it's difficult to find out exactly what is happening in, in those villages. Uh, you have to learn these people to to have them trust you, but that's not yeah we, we were not in the position to, to go into that uh, too deeply yeah. and, uh, and there were also some really uh, well there was one really horrific story also going around when we were there there was a there's a we were living one hour drive from a, one of the I think the third city in, in Tanzania and they were building an, uh, an airstrip there. there. There was an airstrip, but they were uh, enlarging it so that cargo airplanes also could uh, land there. And some of the locals didn't like that. And there were stories about like a, a local uh, important witch doctor. They were telling them that he was killing uh, women and, and cutting off their breasts. And he was burying them on the spot where this airstrip, air uh, this, this landing strip would just to would, keep them away yeah, from we, the airfield. Oh my god! Yeah, then well, it it would it, it would like like a curse on on this this uh, this site. So that if the planes would go st uh, start flying there or landing there, they would crash and all this. But this these kind of stories they were really believed in. in, uh, yeah. in but the but the yeah. but the planning and the construction went ahead anyway. Yeah, they went ahead anyway. Yeah. So yeah. 
So in, 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 in there, these stories are going around, and some people say, well, they say, oh, yeah, that might be true, but yeah, it was not really a big visible influence of, the, of these stories, but it's more like voodoo and that sort of stuff is, is, uh, is in place there. You mentioned that you couldn't get into all those in, in real depth. Did that mean that you could f keep some of your distance from, from what was going on there? Or you could still get a bit worked up about the stuff that you experienced? Yeah, also a lot of local stuff like politics. So I kept away from us, I think, by the oh, yeah, okay. so, so this, I think you don't want to get too involved too deeply and also they, okay. they don't want to. So it's a bit of a separate world still. Even, even if you're living there for three years, it's still hard to get um, good contact with, with, with the local Calls. But well, with colleagues which are um, in, in the hospital, okay, they have uh, nice conversations. But with uh, people living around, with, with just the f local farmers, uh, it's people living around, it's, it's more difficult. Isn't it interesting that that in in Africa, especially, it seems like the Catholic Church and these superstitions, witch doctors, etc. They, they sort of walk hand in hand, although you would think as a European, you would think it's not compatible at all. Yeah, the, the, the people, they, 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 they manage yeah, to do. <laughs> they manage to combine it, yeah. Yeah, I don't think if, if you talk to them, then they will, they will admit that there's, there's uh, something strange about it. But they, they don't feel that they have to have, I think, a coherent view of the world. I think that's not really important. So it's more about the social, in which social context you are in, in which view, yeah, which view you express your thoughts, and um, so it's, a, it's it's more important to 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 stay on the, on the same level as, as your uh, conversation partner. The Catholic priest I, I spoke to, there was also some some uh, still some Canadian priest living there. And well, they just managed to, to work around, and, and they know the people have also other ideas. But uh, in, in, in general, I thought that they were really relaxed about mm -hmm. this. So they didn't they did not have a fundamentalistic view about on, on, on religion. And I think you don't manage for long if you have a, a really fundamentalistic views on, on religion. If you want to really work with the people there. Mm. Uh, so obviously, there's lots to, to talk about. Uh, lots of different skeptics topics that you could discuss uh, what, or write about or uh, debate. Have you got a particular favorite that you, you'd like to explore or do you just uh, take one that's on the news at the moment, currently on everybody's lips? Well, at well, the moment in, in Holland, well, there's a, um, a lot of attention for, for all kinds of uh, conspiracy theories around 9-11. So that's uh, mainly because one of our well-known uh, theater makers, uh, he started last year with a, with a theater show and it's, it's, it's like a, a TED talk of about, of about three hours in which he uh, um, comes up with all these well-known well conspiracy theories. And he's, he's touring around in, in the Netherlands and uh, he's even started a foundation uh, uh, some months ago. And, and he's, his aim is to, to um, get new attention for, for a new research, on uh, independent research on the, uh, the events around 9-11. And this is uh, this has been in, in, in talk shows and one of the most, well uh, the best viewed uh, talk shows in, in the Netherlands. He was there, so this this is uh, which is yeah. Well, it has been I think the, the I think a couple of years about 2007, 2008. It was uh, a really an interesting topic in the Netherlands, but it has been quiet for a couple of years and now. Uh, since last year, we are, we are just doing all the same, uh, having the same discussions about all these uh, things around 9-11. Is this 9-11 conspiracy, does it follow all the rest of the conspiracy about it, that it's, it's government inside job? Is that what people believe? Yeah, yeah. mainly, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so it's, uh, yeah, they're just saying, well, we, we, there are a lot of gaps and, and in the official story and uh, there are a lot of problems and uh, we have, yeah, yeah, we, we have to 
get answers to all these questions we we have, and um, that's that's the main line. And but uh, well, this this person, when I, th- I went to his show last year, you're allowed to, to ask questions as in the audience. And I thought, well, I just have to look uh, and see what what kind of questions people ask. But there were really few questions, so I started to ask a couple of questions, and I noticed that he was he was he was not showing the the other side of the story. Yes, yeah, he was giving a very particular view on, on the, the official line and he, he, he focused on the, the weak spots but he did not focus on the, on the weak spots in cherry the conspiracy trees yeah. yeah really really cherry picking so I, 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 I was not really discussing him just asking him, him some questions from well did you also look at this and and then, oh well, just after two questions, I already was uh, identified as uh, the Mister over there, who is the debunker. Yeah. And this, this, well, <laughs> but it was the first time I think uh, that that somebody really asked him some some good questions. I think. And uh, but I talked to him uh, after the show, and uh, yeah, I know some people who who went there this year and this has has made things worse. I think so. It's now even telling uh, even far more far-fetched stories, and uh, it's it's, it's uh, interesting. I have to say, I've only uh, re- I've only witnessed a person changing their mind about the conspiracy theory probably once, by the way of. Uh, an opponent asking the right questions and making them think, but it's a very difficult thing, isn't it? In your opinion, what what drives the beliefs in the conspiracy theory? What what motivates these people? There must be something psychological. Yeah, of course, but but I don't think we have to uh, look at the conspiracy thinkers as one homogenic group. There there, there are a lot of uh, different uh, conspiracy theories, and okay, so some people they, they believe every every conspiracy theory, and then well they, they have to think well what's going on in these people's minds. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think that, that, and especially to uh, well. If you look at, I think, one of the classical conspiracy uh, uh, theories on, on the, the, the murder of JFK, I think a lot, there, are, there are a lot of questions, you know, reasonable questions that people can ask, and maybe they are not answered in a, in a, in a right way or in a, in a very uh, sensible way by the government. So that's that's uh, as fed, I think, um, uh, some, uh, yeah, well, disbelief in, in what the government does, yeah, the doubt in the government. And that's also, I think, uh, plays a big part in most people who, who doubt the official story about around 9/11. But, but sometimes people that they they start to doubt everything about what, what official. Right? So the, every terrorist attack is automatically seen as a false flag. And uh, it's like a domino uh, effect, isn't it? Once you've kind of stopped believing in one official version, yeah, everything yeah, yeah, else yeah. falls as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's one thing. It's the doubt in the. In the in, in the government and other official institutions, uh, and yeah, but, but if you look at, at, I think, like like climate change, uh, a lot of climate skeptics do um, have something in common with with uh, conspiracy thinkers. I think that's that's a bit of a different group. I think that there are some genuine people who really try to to think uh, reasonable, but maybe are just on the on the on the wrong track. And they're because of the opposition from the the officials. Sorry, they are they are driven more further up on this this wrong track because they 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 encounter this opposition. But every conspiracy thinker some has different motives, and um, it, it, I th- uh, the longer I, I look at these uh, conspiracy theories, the less I think it's it's um, it's, it's, it's a good idea to do, uh, to to see them as one group and generalize the uh, yeah yeah. I mean, but you, you do agree with the fact that once you believe in one conspiracy theory, you're more than likely to start believing in others as well. Yeah, from statistical points, I think yeah, you have a point, yeah, yeah. But I don't think if, if you start believing one conspiracy, you, you you will have more chance. Yeah, it's, it's because of your, your maybe how, how you think that you, if you're confronted with another conspiracy, you're more, yeah, more likely that you will accept but I don't think it's it's uh, it's not necessary that that you will pick up all these uh, like it's conspiracies one after another. But but there are people who are willing to do that. But they are I think they are more eager, more easily to to convince of other uh, conspiracy theories if you want to. So you're, if you you not to push the right buttons with them. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you have been following any conferences 
on conspiracy theory. <laughs> but there have been a uh, one-off, I don't know how often it's going to uh, uh, repeat, conference in, in England recently uh, for the flat earth uh, believers. Yeah, I, I read some t something about it. Yeah, I think... Fascinating that we, we, we're having this conference in this day and age, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. there, there we were. And... Um, uh, somebody from a, a society called Good, Good Thinking Society, mm. Michael Marshall, and he went along as, as a, I'd say, skeptic and, and a science writer and an investigator and um, spent some time there with, with these people who believe that the, the earth is flat. And so what he discovered, this is what I, where I was going with this, that a lot of these people believe in a range of conspiracy theories. So once you start down this path and you say that the earth is flat... Yeah, okay. I think the, the flat earth, I think, they are really... Well, if you start to believe that earth is flat, then they are really already uh, far off, I think, the, the, the main, uh, main track. So uh, I think that's not a starting point for, for uh, the conspiracy thinkers who, who, yeah, who are willing to accept all kinds of uh, conspiracy thinkers. So you're looking at it as a spectrum, and the flat Earth Earthers are like yeah, way yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe some kind of a spectrum. I think a flat Earth is, is uh, far on one side, but but also I think the, uh, some of the flat Earthers, I think they they are just doing it for fun also because it's 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 it's, it's, it's a good uh, topic to to uh, make fun uh, and have, have good conversations with people who think well how can you believe it is the Earth is flat? But it, it sometimes they they have some arguments which are not that easy to to uh, well there, there there's some plausibilities in these arguments and it's it's really hard to have ready the, the good arguments to counter them i can see there is there's some fun in that but i guess um so one of the things that also uh, that came out of this um michael marshall wrote uh, an interesting article afterwards kind of exploring you know the reasons and why do people do that which was news for me in a kind of an interesting angle i don't, I don't know what you think about it he kind of uh, implied that some of these beliefs are some sort of a, a self-defense mechanism and the way of coping with life so they believe in these conspiracies to make sense of life and to make to, to keep kind of living and keep daily coping with stuff and that was an interesting kind of position no, yeah well, i think it, it with flat earth i think that it, it, i don't see it that way but i think it's with some with somewhere like the anti-fax anti-fax groups i think there there is something to it uh, because if you uh, a lot of these people who are against vaccinations they well, if, if you just look briefly at what what they write, they they, they have all these um, scientific arguments against vaccination. So if you go more down, if you, you listen to some of their conversations, it's it's all about a, a belief that that Mother Earth is is good and um, uh, and the vaccinations they go against this idea of that Mother Nature is, is taking care of us. And um, they, they, they find it hard to keep this this uh, view uh, alive, I think, in modern society. So, mm. so they want to protect it, but they're, they're fighting off this, this scientific attacks with pseudoscience. But it, this discussion is not really that important, I think, to them. If, if, they if they would get people to accept that they have another view on our earth of how, how, how life works, I think then you will uh, have a better discussions with these uh, people. So... Yeah, because some of these these anti-factionists are more like 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 religious uh, uh, people who have, who have uh, religious objections to to vaccinations. So, and it, it doesn't make sense to to discuss the scientific pros and cons of, of, of vaccinations with people who who don't vaccinate because they believe a higher power uh, objects to it. Mm. So it's, it's it's yeah. So for some for some conspiracy uh, ideas, I think this idea is is, is valid. Yeah. yeah. So I I guess it's hard to reach people who do not think like a skeptic, who do not appreciate the value of critical thinking and rational thinking. But how how successful do you think we can be as skeptics as when you know? trying to counter these uh, what we call wacky ideas and what would you think that you have achieved 
or the skeptical movement in, in the Netherlands have achieved to convince people to think a little bit more rational? Well, I think that the, the, the most important thing we do is, or we try to do, is, is to make the, the good information as readily available as possible. So if, if people who are still looking for answers also find the sound evidence, so they can make up their own minds but, and give good counter arguments on why the, uh, the, the, the story of the, the other side is, is, is not uh, plausible. So that's, I think, the most important thing we do, we try to do, so to keep up a good website, to write uh, good uh, articles. And on the more activist actions, I think we reach out to, for instance, television programs or, or newspapers who give too much attention or, or false attention to, to the, the pseudo-scientific ideas and just try to, to win them over so that the, the better uh, views are also brought forward to the public. But the, a direct confrontation with, with people who, um, who believe in pseudo-scientific ideas is, is not the main uh, goal, I think. So sometimes I engage in, in discussions with people who believe in, in the 9-11 conspiracy theories. In the first place, I, I just I just ask them what what is your idea? Why do you think this is is not uh, the official story? And just figure out how they made up their their, their ideas and not uh, going in with uh, the idea why well, you are entirely wrong. But okay, so sometimes this, this happens. <laughs> <laughs> but but in, in in general, also in personal conversations, I think I, uh, when I was much younger, I also had. Uh, maybe family members who had, had um, ideas which I did not uh, think was sound and uh, it's difficult to, to get um, to keep up a, a, a good conversation and uh, not end up in a, in a row and so it's it's more like uh, listening carefully to uh, to others and uh, maybe drop some some uh, some ideas from maybe you have should listen or look up this uh, article and maybe then we have another we'll get back together and, and see what you think so, so from sticking skeptics uh, we, we are not that uh, activistic so and uh, it's it's a, it's a bit of difference because we have this um, in Netherlands we also have the the association against the quakery yes and, and they are more have more activistic approach and and it's also because we we are a foundation so we, we don't have really have uh, um, members and uh, the main thing we do is we, we bring out our, our magazine and we have a, a co we organize a congress each year but we, we, we are not a, an association so we don't have uh, members which we don't have we're just a, a small group of, of people who are in the board so it, it's also difficult to form a, a, like, like a viewpoint which we want to communicate uh, as these are the viewpoints of the skeptical society in, in, in the Netherlands. Yeah. So, so this magazine called—it's called Skepter. Yeah. Yes. So, how, how big of a circulation does it have, and who who is your subscribers? Uh, at the moment, we have about—I uh, think it's somewhere between two thousand and three thousand uh, subscribers. Mm -hmm. And we also send it to uh, to all the libraries uh, who, who want to accept the, the, the magazine in the Netherlands, and a lot of uh, science journalists. Uh, and get it for free. And uh, while well, most of the readers and also the donors or the subscribers of the magazine, they, they tend to be, uh, on average, I think, male and middle-aged uh, men. But we uh, we are we're getting more uh, a more diverse uh, public, I think, in the, the last couple of years. Yeah, that's good. So you you are involved in all that activism, and uh, you in your blog posts and sometimes in your talks, you you speak out about several issues and you did say that you prefer the the nice approach but um you don't refrain yourself from criticism either but i i understand you've had a couple of um well i would say wins as well throughout your skeptical career in activism are there any that you are specifically proud of no well, well that's one thing i think yeah i'm not, not quite sure if, if, if it's because of my and, and uh, activism but there was this issue with with the um, the ebola crisis in in, uh, in liberia in, in uh, 2014 mm -hmm. then there were also all kinds of quacks who were uh, uh, offering uh, medication like a homeopath and if you homeopathic uh, mp3s which people could listen to and then they would be safe 
But then um, we found out that there were a couple of uh, homeopathic doctors, so really real MDs uh, who were work as homeopaths, were planning to go to Liberia and um, because the, the, the WHO had, had, had asked for all kinds of help for, for, for people who, who wanted to uh, help in, in Liberia to fighting this, uh, this crisis. And uh, it, it seemed like they, they, they wanted to go there and uh, to, to try to see if they could help out with uh, and find out uh, homeopathic remedies in, uh, in Liberia. And, and the first thing when I read about this, I said, well, that this is just probably a hoax or that, that it's not, this is not real. This is just bluff that they are going there. And then uh, suddenly we, we, we found um, a Facebook post of one of these homeopaths and then we, we, we got some more information that, that there were already four people with names we, we, we knew were already uh, in, in Monrovia in, 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 the, in the capital of uh, Liberia. And, and then we, we started to look at it more deeply and then we found out really that, that in the end it, it, it turned out that the, the, the German uh, Homeopathic uh, Doctors Association had organized this, this trip and sent four MDs, one from, from um, Switzerland, one from India, and an American, and I don't know, from Spain, or something, who were who going there and uh, on a mission from the, yeah, well, the, the top level of the, the, the homeopaths in, 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 the, in the world uh, to, to find out if, if, they, if they were planning to, to, uh, to, to treat the, the Ebola patients with homeopathic medicine. And, and we started to, uh, to email people who, who were involved with this, uh, with this mission. And well, we didn't really got confirmation that it was because of our actions that that they were stopped by the WHO. So they they were not allowed to to um, to see the Ebola patients. But they were still there, and they backed up quite uh, soon. And in the end, the, 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 the funny thing is that we, we tried also to, to bring this story to journalists and from uh, well, the regular press. And it was really hard to, to get them interested for this story because it was maybe too far-fetched or they didn't believe it straight away. And in the end, uh, the Daily Mail this this, this uh, the English paper, which does not have a really good reputation, <laughs> they sent someone to uh, to Liberia, and, and they they checked it out, and it was all <laughs> it was all true. And in the end, they spoke to the, these these homeopaths, and uh, so so in the end, the, the the German organization had to come out and say what they did. But it still amazes me that this had had not uh, any uh, big of repercussions for the for these doctors. Only, only I think the the uh, um, the one from Switzerland was uh, questioned by the authorities in the end. But, well, in the end, they were stopped by the WHO to really treat people. So maybe that's why they got away with it. Mm -hmm. It could have been uh, been much worse. Yeah. So do you think, from your perspective, that we are living in the age of fake news explosion? So everywhere you go, everywhere you turn, is fake news this and fake news that. Or do you think the fake news always existed and it's just brought was brought to our attention more? for one reason or the, or the other. Yeah, of course, I think fake news was, has always been there, but the, the difference is, of course, is the internet and the social media, which, which is, makes it far more easy to, to spread it. Because also, if you look at the conspiracy theories, they have always been there, but in maybe uh, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you had to go to, to a shop and, and make copies of your uh, weird ideas and hand them out in, in, in the shopping center or something. Now you just put up some websites yourself or you just drop it on, on Facebook. Uh, it's so much easier to do uh, to, to get attention for, for for wacky ideas and also r really fake news that uh, well just like 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 celebrities who, who just die or whatever and then you just make it up and uh, you put it on that that's just to make up uh, to, to, to get some uh, clicks and, and make some money from the advertisements but that that's new because that's a, that's just a technology thing I think. But the, well, the, the fake news, the, the spinning around of, of facts that has always been around, but it's become more, more and more easy, and it affects more people. Also, because we get the news from all over the world, so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to observe. Uh, there's a joke about the, the oldest fake news being Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like I like that joke. Yeah, because I think if, if you look in the uh, the, the, the ancient text also, the, the, there's um, Roman emperors that they uh, wrote 
their, their life stories in, in a more you know, fanciful way for them. Uh, and, and the Greeks, they, they, they all did it already. And, and um, so that's nothing new. But, well, what, what is new now is that most people have access to the internet and, and, and can also check out things and see what uh, that there are contradicting facts or uh, how you want to call it and see that there's something going on but, so th- th- there's also has good good uh, uh, side of this story so people are not trusting uh, a, a story just uh, when they see it I hope but well before before they are starting to think well maybe, maybe this was not true maybe they already have they already have spread it among their friends on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, but it's also so much harder to then put the genie back into the bottle, isn't it? When once the news is out, it's almost impossible. Um, so let's say you know you convince your friend that it's fake, but then hundred more will believe it's true. So it's it's impossible. Yeah, but one thing I think it's it's difficult to estimate how many people will will uh, see that the the news maybe the fake news they 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 have spread. In the end, we'll see that this was a false, because they will not easily maybe admit it. Oh well, I, I just I just happened to have spread a, a fake news of a, a viral message. Most people will not correct their error, even if they knew it was oh well, this was a mistake. So because they're there, maybe a bit ashamed. It's more that ashamed to admit that they have been duped. And so I, I think I don't know if there are really figures to how, how many of these. Uh, I, I know I know that there's. Corrections are far less uh, widespread spread than, than your, your original stories, but for the receivers on the receiving end, I don't know, know if, it, uh, if, if this uh, discrepancy is also in the, on the receiving end. That maybe people, they, they get in the end that this story was false. But this is, I think it's difficult to check. I mean, it would be an interesting topic to, to properly research, you know, and get some numbers behind. But yeah, it's, I don't think it has been done yet. It sounds to me like a lot of the things that you're dealing with are are things that are also, you know, it's all international. We have these kinds of conspiracy theories and and misconceptions all over the world. Uh, And I know you do talks as well. Do you also give speeches abroad or talks abroad? No, I just been to to Belgium for once to talk about uh, on on, uh, what I do. So just, just like same sort of topics which we can discuss now yeah. uh, but I'm sometimes asked by like uh, recently by, by school just to see if I could give a talk to, to, to the pupils from well they were about 14-15 it's a big school which was about I think 1500 or 2000 students and uh, one of these uh, um, teachers contacted me well, well we noticed that a lot of our students they really believe in these, these, these um, conspiracy theories and we, we, we'd like to have someone who maybe can teach them or, or point to give them some tools to evaluate these, these stories and so, so that's what I did yeah. a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and, but also a specific topic so I just uh, once give people talk about UFOs or, and uh, that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah good I have the uh, question about the tribalism and uh, how we live in this age you know of the fake news that divides us of various beliefs, conspiracy beliefs including. And um, the latest evidence that is coming out of the social science uh, so far is saying that humans value being good members of their tribe much more than the value being correct, i.e. good evidence. Uh, So much so that they will choose to be wrong if it keeps them in a good standing with their peers. What are your thoughts on this? Because if that's the case, then how do we go about correcting it? Yeah, well, okay, we, correcting it. It's, it's, it's because we, what's the problem really? Um, because because you're in a different different tribe, you might have different truths and values than the other tribe. That that might be a problem. Yeah, okay. No, but the, but the problem is that then we can never reach the point at which we as human people see facts as they are, because the, there is always going to be mm. people who choose not to believe those facts actively because it'll keep them in a good standing with the tribe so this is this is kind of i guess the problem yeah, yeah okay okay let's take well, okay if, if all people get into one tribe okay then we have solved this <laughs> but that's okay i think this will not be be, be solved easily so i think mm. because we are 
people living in all kinds of different social contexts and we have all different issues. But we, we are thinking on, on many things, I think. We don't have a problem. Uh, we don't have a really big disagreements. I think we have made great progress in, 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 in the last century. So, But I think also we, we tend to focus maybe on, on, on the details on which, which we uh, differ in views, but if you look at it, yeah, you can say, well, we're still differing in, in well, 2% of our of the uh, things we are important. But, but maybe 10 years ago, we were we are having 3% differences, or maybe that there is there is a gradual improvement. But I think we, we, we have the the disagreements, I think we, we, we also, we, we like debate also. So we, we are also blowing things up or disagreements. Yeah, uh, unless we, we, we you get to reach a, a common middle ground, it's very hard to to, to solve differences. And uh, but and then on, some, on some issues, I think there are different views which are which are which are valid, or because they are, they they involve more more a moral standpoint, and yeah, you cannot uh, judge them by just scientific uh, reasoning or rational uh, reasoning. I think. But you are you optimistic about it? Do you think we'll find as a humanity? Do you think we'll find solution to our tribalism and, and this division that we're seeing now, and we'll get to the point where we kind of find the middle ground? Because all all I'm seeing personally is us being further and for, further divided uh, apart by the current state of affairs. But you, mm, you're kind yeah. of on an on optimistic p- yeah, side. Yeah, I'm, 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 I think I'm optimistic. I'm not, well, I see uh, a big, big dips and uh, also things going in a good way. Mm. But I, and I think in the end, if from an historical uh, perspective, I think we, we are still going in, in the right direction. So things get better. And, but that, that's just on, on. But that's that's also on the things which I think are important, like 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 uh, education, and uh, because if, if you compare to to 30 years ago, a lot of more people go to school, uh, the kids go to school. But that that's also things which I which I think we in the Western countries think is important. But maybe it was not that important for people who live on, on the uh, in Mongolia and then just want to hurt their uh, their yaks or whatever they are called. Yeah. And so that it's also from our from our perspective that things are getting better. I th- I think the reason why I'm a little bit more pessimistic than you is because the uh, we've got to, uh, the, the stakes are too high. So we've got to get people on board with the fact that the climate is changing. Otherwise, there'll be no planet mm. well, or no Earth on, and no humanity. So the fact that we can't get to the position where everybody agree and work towards this, the one goal wouldn't be as bad if it wasn't so urgent. So that's why I'm a little bit more... Yeah, okay. The things like, 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 like climate change. But I think this tribal, this tribal thing, it's just... Uh, not it's overlapping on different issues so we I don't have, think it does I don't there, think it you does think they're, they're, I think in the, in the states it's, it's more it's more like you have these this, this, this separate groups which do not talk to each other um, yeah. but I think in, in Europe I think you, you'll find some people who are really maybe skeptical of climate change they, they, well, they don't. Uh, they agree maybe with me on more on, on alternative medicine and other conspiracy theories. So I think it's it's not that uh, it's not that tribalistic. I think. I no, but I think that uh, this uh, the climate change skeptics sometimes choose to not think about it or whatever it doesn't affect them because it's part of their tribe. Let's say Republicans, you know. And, and I'm, I am referring to America, of course, more. Welcome to the European Skeptics Podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one point because I, I sometimes have, have, have discussions with uh, people who, who identify themselves as, as climate skeptics and they, they are arguing, well, why isn't the, the, the skeptical uh, organizations, why aren't they also climate skeptics? Eh? They, they yeah. think they, they use. Yeah. And I think. Well, maybe maybe 30 years ago, I think there were, and still still in our uh, subscribers and also donors, there's still a lot of people who identify themselves as skeptics and, and agree with us on, on most of the issues are really, well, also climate skeptics and they don't agree with what we, uh, well, we don't really write about it in detail because 
it's already discussed in all the other platforms. But they are arguing, well, also skeptics. Skeptics should be more uh, on our side. And, yeah, yeah, uh, more skeptical about climate yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. And that's probably also with other, with other uh, issues. Well, let's hope that um, you're right and let's hope that we can find a common ground. And it's not going to be too late. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. We'll see. I, I think well, cl- climate change, of course, is a, a really big problem. But I, I, I fully accept the, the science, which, which is, is says things are uh, warming up. But I think there's, there you can still debate on uh, how we should respond as, as, as humanity. I think we're... Yeah, you can still argue what, what is the best approach. Now we have, uh, on the national level, we have to all focus on the, these Paris agreements to bring down uh, CO2 uh, exhaustion. But I think there are also some, some good uh, arguments, let's say, well, that, that you could invest this, this money maybe on another on, on way or, or just see if we get other technology to, to, to um, yeah, mitigate the effects. But that's not really, I think, that's not a topic where we discuss in skepsis because we, we, we have, when topics are still discussed within the scientific community and on a, on a good way, in a good way, then, well, we just look at it and we just maybe write about it from from the outside but we just not we are not going to um, to to, to um, say well or well, we know better than than the scientists at this moment who are still discussing it so mm, mm, sure yeah yeah on on that very positive note that you managed to hit with yellow right now i'm afraid we are coming close to the end of the time that we had for this interview but uh, please before you go uh, could you tell us our listeners how and where they can find out more about your work and uh, and what the best way is to get in touch with you if they want to invite you for a talk to um, any of their countries or something oh, yeah well it's easy my website is, you can find it easily I think it's, it's pepijnvanerp.nl uh, and also via the, the, the Skepsis uh, website you know, which is skepsis.nl they can send me emails that's uh, easy because okay. also the, the, the emails for for Skepsis they, I'll, I'll see them first so that's uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm also on, on Twitter and I think it's, it's yeah, if you google me then you know, you'll, you'll find me alright thank you very much for joining us today Pepine and hope to see you sometime at some of the international uh, conferences, probably? <laughs> yeah, I think we will. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So, let me thank you for joining me t- today, <laughs> Yalama and Pontus. And thanks to our listeners for joining in and hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you all. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye all Bye-bye. and everywhere. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe The ESP is run what is going on? Can you hear that? It's like a thunder. Yeah. It was a massive thunder. It's not from here. Oh, God. Was it yours? Oh, was it yours? Oh, my yeah. God. That was such a huge thunder. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> it's all for all your scenes. The devil is coming for you. Yeah, okay. Shut up. <laughs> the ESP is rumba. 
Okay, it uh, sounds like uh, there's much less uh, phlegm involved in this than that I, I expected. <laughs> phlegm? <laughs> phlegm? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm being rude to, to all Dutch people right now. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to. Paka paka. Paka paka. Paka paka. No, that's my line. I forgot oh, you about left it. it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, I'm going to press stop, stop now. Okay, me too. See ya, stock.